0: Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. Uh, We are in episode 7 today. We hope you all are doing well. We started a new series this weekend at Ontario Christian Church. We're working through 1 Thessalonians together. And uh, Steve preached a great message on verses 1 through 10, also highlighting Acts 17, which is where kind of the origin of the church in Thessalonica uh, takes place, Paul and Silas planting this church, and the response of um, the people in that area when they kind of preach the gospel to them and whatnot. And... A conversation that came up with a couple people after gathering was talking about conviction and what is conviction and what role does conviction play. And so we want to take this podcast and um, just talk about that. What is conviction? What is conviction in the context of the passage we went through, which is First Thessalonians 1 through 10? Um, and also, what role did conviction play in the lives of those who belonged to the body at Thessalonica, in the body that Paul and Silvanus and Timothy were writing to? Um, And so Steve's going to go ahead and kick us off uh, working through part of that first chapter in 1 Thessalonians.
1: Yeah, and before I get there, I want to just mention that in Acts 17, the way the church was planted was that uh, Paul and Silas, of course, are preaching the gospel, sharing the scriptures, reasoning with the people in the synagogue for three weekends in a row. Um, from the scriptures and and explaining who Jesus is in light of the scriptures and how he's the fulfillment of the scriptures and uh, that he's come to suffer to rise from the dead and uh, to give to become the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And in that proclamation that uh, was made at the synagogue, there was a number of people that heard it. Obviously, the leading Jews heard it and rejected uh, rejected the gospel. Many of them did, it says. Um, Some were persuaded, but not most. And then on top of that, you had a, a Great many of the devout Greeks that heard that message and believed and then it says not a few of the leading women So a lot of leading women in the community also believed in the gospel and were convicted in their hearts uh, That Jesus is who uh, Paul and Silas were preaching him to be that being the Christ Messiah and based upon that decision They uh, followed Jesus, but they did so um, at um the dismay and angerment, angerment. See, there's another stevism there. A they good were yeah. the, the yeah. Lie, right. They were rather upset with the fact that these people had come to Christ uh, because they were proclaiming Jesus as king, and uh, they didn't want another king. They wanted Caesar, and um, and so there was a ruckus that was stirred by the um, the the leading Jews and uh, some mob mentality went on, and basically Paul and Silas had to flee for their lives. Uh, but the people left behind were convicted by the gospel. And they had to stay in their hometown uh, under that conviction and continue to follow Jesus in spite of the affliction that they were going to go under. Which First Thessalonians, the first letter that Paul writes to them, kind of touches base on the fact that, hey, they followed Jesus, uh, knowing that as they were following him, there's, it wasn't going to be easy. It was going to be a lot of hardship in spite of the fact that they had freedom. So there's two things at play there for them. First um, Thessalonians says that they had been given life and that they were set free. Um, And if we pick up in verse four, for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and the Holy spirit and with full conviction. So Paul is saying, I'm fully aware of the fact that you truly believed the gospel that was shared with you uh, because you followed it in spite of the fact that there was going to be hardship. So you, you were fully convicted that Jesus was worth pursuing um, because the consequence of pursuing him meant it was going to be a hard life for you more than likely. Uh, Then towards the end there of chapter one, he basically also says that you turn from God or turn to God rather from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so he acknowledges the fact that they their conviction caused them to abandon their own pursuit of self and happiness and to pursue uh, Jesus and to uh, just lay down everything else uh, that they had been pursuing uh, for the love of God. And so they turned away from idols, and the conviction said, leave idolatry and pursue the the true God. So what is conviction in light of what the gospel does at play within the heart of man and women, and uh, how do we interact with that? So I know you had some scriptures that came to your mind as we were kind of talking about conviction today. Uh, So where where did you want to jump from uh, 1 Thessalonians 2?
0: Yeah, another passage I wanted to look at in relation to the topic of conviction as we walked through it in that passage uh, is actually Luke 14, 25 through 33. We won't read all of this, but we'll highlight a couple of them uh, where Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship. And this um, is a pretty well-known passage. In verse 27, he says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Uh, for which are you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to be able to complete it. I think right there you see conviction is is done with reason. A conviction is done with reasoning. He says, you sit down, you count the cost, and see if you have enough to complete it. And he goes on, otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. He didn't count the cost. He didn't uh, reason it rightly. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. And then Jesus closes it with, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. You see conviction at play here. Um, The conviction that... Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has risen from the dead. And and Jesus really means the things he says when he says that um, those who believe out of their hearts were full rivers of living water. He really means when he says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And the question is, is Jesus enough? Um, Is he enough? Is he enough for me to renounce all that I have? The life of a convicted follower of Christ is one that must be marked by a continual death to self, a continual dying to myself, a continual picking up of my cross. And that actually, our, our, the frequency that we lay down our lives, the frequency that we renounce what we have or die to ourselves is actually evidence of our conviction. If that's not a common thing for us, as brutal and as difficult as it is, and I struggle and fail to do it myself, but it is evidence of our conviction, um, the The relationship between conviction, what we believe, what we're confident of, and our action. Our action tells us what we believe more than what we say we believe. Is there anything you wanted to add on that, Steve?
1: Yeah, the interesting thing in regards to uh, the church in Thessalonica is that um, they had true conviction of what they believed. They were willing to kind of put it all on the line, and that was the... the that playing out, like picking up the cross was literally, I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow Jesus in spite of the potential consequences. So their actions portrayed their conviction. And then the other side of it would be those Jewish leaders that he also had a conviction. Their conviction was Jesus is not the Christ and so their conviction led them to then you know draw the mob out and so both crowds are kind of following conviction uh, so it kind of begins to make you wonder so how do you ground yourself with conviction like where does conviction come from uh, how do we know what is right and what is wrong and what's the source for our conviction uh, so I know you had some scriptures in mind
0: in regards to um, the source of conviction so what 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 are they? Yeah, the first one is John eight thirty one through 38, and uh, Jesus is in a conversation here, and, he sa- and it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Um, and so right there, he's, you're proving to be my disciples if you abide in my word. Conviction comes through the word, and I think through the spirit of God working through the word of God. You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I think that conviction needs to be grounded in truth and we get truth from Jesus and his word. And the irony is that I think we live in a culture that believes in relative truth and not in absolute truth. Uh, We believe that uh, truth, my truth might not be your truth. Your truth might not be my truth, but the reality is, um, There is absolute truth. Truth is fixed and it's not dictated by us. Truth isn't dictated by how we feel or what we experience or what we desire or anything like that. Truth is fixed and it's grounded in who God is. It's grounded in God himself. And I think what we fear in terms of truth is being exposed um, as Paul preached the gospel to these people. Their sin was exposed, and they repented from their idols and turned to God. They were exposed, and I think what our culture fears in terms of being exposed by Jesus is that that's going to be something that's shameful. When reality is, truth actually sets free. So conviction that's grounded in the truth of the scriptures is actually something that sets us free, not something that causes us to be ashamed. It actually frees us from our shame. Yeah, I think the law, actually, We uh, sitting on this side of the, uh,
1: the Old Testament, the law, we can read the law and say, oh, no, I'm convicted. Yep, it's true. I mean, Romans uh, Romans chapter 3, I want to read it just real quick, 19 and following. We won't get into all of this just too much there. But uh, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. The whole world, right? For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So the law, like, convicts. It says, you have fallen short. Here's the bottom line, right? But then the gospel gives hope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, God doesn't just leave us in misery. He says, here's the answer. And the answer doesn't even lie within you. The answer lies within Jesus. Like, I'm willing, God was willing to pay that consequence for us uh, to free us from it. So the conviction... Um, is shown in love in that moment. Like Mm -hmm. God shows what love is by saying, here's the consequences of your sin. The conviction hits us like, yes, I have done that. That's what the law does. I have broken God's ways, God's laws, his rules, which actually the laws and rules are good for us. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, we've broken them. And so the consequence of that, of course, is sin and death. And yet God says, in my love, then I will pay that consequence for you. And so the conviction then draws into hope through the the reality of who Jesus is. What, what, what are you thinking right
0: now? Yeah, I think just Jesus goes on. It says that they answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? <clears throat> and Jesus answers them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He says everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And that's where convictions are exposed in our actions. He's saying everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And they were under the law condemned by the law and then he goes on again and says "Slaves not remain in the house forever the sun remains forever so if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed jesus came to set free jesus came to with his truth again john in john 14 that's when jesus says i am the way the truth and the life he came to set free and he says i know you are offspring of abraham yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you and i find that just very fascinating. My words have no place in you. If we want to answer the question of whether or not we have conviction or what is conviction, I think a great question to ask is, do Jesus' words find a place in you? Do Jesus' words hold a place of authority in you? Uh, I think we were talking about this before we recorded this, but we all, we all again, we all have conviction. Just like in Thessalonians, some believe, some didn't. And we're all, another way to say is is we're all living into a story. We're all living into a story. Some of us live into a story that has this set of parameters and rules, and we might not be the main character, or we are the main character, and then there's this thing going on, and then other of us are living into a different story. And sometimes we have multiple convictions or multiple stories we're living into. And a good question to ask ourselves is, which one is louder? Which story is louder? Which conviction is louder? Which belief is louder? And the one that is the loudest, the one that has the most control over your life, is the one that is most important to you. And so, do Jesus' words find a place in us? He says, I know you're the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. And Jesus validates his words by saying, I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father.
1: Anything you want to add to that, Steve? Uh, James 4 is jumping out to me. Uh, we could kind of talked about this before the podcast. James 4, 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do for him, it is sin. Mm-hmm. And so the conviction says, you know, <laughs> if I know to know what God's saying to do and I, and I ignore that or just overlook it. Uh, it's sin unto me like i should have should have obeyed it and so yeah i mean the more we talk about it the more obvious it becomes that true conviction true belief has to work its way out somewhere mm-hmm. in us mm-hmm. and i like your your narrative of voice because it's um Jesus is competing in a lot of ways inside of us you know uh, through the world and sin and ourself and everything else he's competing against all that oftentimes and so which voice do we listen to uh, we can drown out the, the other loud voices if we hone in on the voice of Christ. Like, this is what Jesus wants of me. And and the interesting thing is, is I think the dynamic of believing is, does what Jesus want for me, what I want for me? In other words, mm. do I believe that what Jesus has for me to be, is it really the best? Or am I going to be quote unquote happy? Which I won't get down that whole rabbit trail from the sermon, but I think that sometimes you write off the voice of Jesus because it isn't what we want. And yet what Jesus wants for us is the best thing. It's good, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have to choose that voice, even though sometimes it doesn't feel good, even though Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't feel like uh, I'm going to get what I want out of it. Um, But the truth is, is if we pursue that and follow it uh, in spite of how we perceive ourselves to be or wanting in that moment, and we follow it all the way through, we can see where God answers us. Uh, for his namesake and others good, and also for our own sake as well. Uh, so just James just reminding us of the fact that if I know um, with true conviction that to do these certain things or be this certain person in the certain circumstances that Jesus is calling me to me be, to be right then and there, and I don't do it, then it's sin unto me. Like I have the conviction, but I don't follow it. Mm-hmm. Then I don't really have the conviction. Right. I have a different conviction and the conviction right. with self or whatever else may be at play there that's just something that kind of was thinking about in, in regards to that.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think if we take Jesus at his word here, the end result of believing him and, and, and his voice being the loudest and his words, having a place in us is freedom. And I think we miss that. And I think we, again, it doesn't feel good. Again, it's, it's picking up your cross. It's dying to ourselves but the end result is freedom. I know you had mentioned uh, wanting to touch on second Corinthians five. Is that where you want to go next?
1: Yeah. Anytime. Yeah.
0: You ready? Cause
1: I agree with the freedom aspect of it big time. Cause part of the conviction is not just of sin. It is also of life. Mm-hmm. It's both parts of that. It's like the conviction of uh, my own sin and death, but, the full conviction is, is that Jesus conquered the grave and he said, it is finished. And he said, I'm giving you the Holy spirit to dwell within you. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to leave. So one better than I can be in in you, you know? And so there's a better gift that we have now, even in that moment of, um, the promise of the Holy spirit in us. Therefore we have heaven that we have eternity, we have the resurrection. And so the conviction not only says I've sinned, therefore I deserve this, but it also says, but Jesus did this and I get that. And so the conviction is, I also believe that he overcame the grave. Like, Mm -hmm. and I believe that he's coming back and I believe I'm his child. Um, And so the other side of that conviction, not just the negative part, but the good part is that, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, the good part, but the positive aspect would be a better way to say it. But the positive aspect is um, I gave this up, which was ironically death (laughs) and sin to life and freedom, like you said. And so conviction says, if I really believe this, then I also really have hope. Mm. Conviction pushes Mm -hmm. me towards hope. Like a full conviction of the gospel says there is something to live for. Yeah, I wanted to jump into 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5 real quick. Um, This is Paul talking about us having the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, my conviction then points me to love others and bring that message to others. If I truly believe it, then why in the world would I want somebody else not to know, right? Uh, For now, he says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And then he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's the other part of the conviction is, is that I'm the righteousness of God, not because of what I did, Mm -hmm. but because I believe and I'm convicted that Jesus did what he said he was going to do.
0: Amen. So
1: there's both aspects. I want to make sure we do balance this out as the individual pointed out, Hey, we got to make sure we get both sides of this narrative of conviction. So any other passing thoughts that you have towards the end here?
0: Yeah, I guess a question we can raise is, and this is maybe taking it a little bit of a different direction, but I think it's helpful. Um, Can we in 2022 be people of conviction and also be people of love and how, I hope you have an answer, Jordan. (laughs) You're just looking at me like it's my job to fix this. No, I just, yeah, I think the answer is absolutely yes. I just didn't know if you were going to chime in. But um, the answer is absolutely yes. We can be, I think there's a tension there because sometimes of the reputation um, that that Christians get for being people of conviction, and I will say that uh, that reputation is is one because Jesus said that (laughs) they will hate you like they hated me. But also, I think sometimes the way we use our convictions is not loving. Sometimes the way we speak the truth is more harsh and harmful than it is helpful and loving. Um, And so can we hold to the convictions in the Bible and be loving people? And I would say, again, absolutely yes. If we have convictions that we say are from the Bible but we don't hold to and apply them lovingly, then I don't think we have convictions from the Bible because we're called to speak the truth in love. We're called to uh, be like Jesus, imitate him, and Jesus was full of both grace and truth.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. And the interesting thing is, is actually if you continue on uh, with what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 6, um he goes on to say, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He says, in favorable times, I listened to you and in a day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. He says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way, which can be like your." unchristian-like attitude of trying to convict people, right? Uh, that can be an obstacle is what you're saying. So that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. So he's basically listening like we have such strong convictions that we will endure this because of love, the gospel. Like, mm-hmm. And so he's basically letting them know that They're willing to go through that not because they're like, oh, we want you all to hear this message and you better. It's more like no, we're we're gonna endure this because of love. Which he goes on to say in verse six by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech Mm -hmm. and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left through honor and dishonor. So basically through slander and praise, he's saying that we are presenting the gospel. With the power empowering of the Holy Spirit, which produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree I, I definitely in 2022 like love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you know all those the fruit of the spirit has to be bore out uh, as our convictions uh, compel us to share the gospel. If the fruit of the spirit isn't being bore out in that transaction between us and someone who doesn't know Christ. Or doesn't believe in Christ, like if the fruit of the Spirit's not present, then it isn't the Spirit doing it. It's you trying to knock somebody over the head with what you can, your, your conviction, your fleshly conviction says you've got to believe this, uh, and not making room for the Holy Spirit to do the work that God desires to do in that person. And that's the thing. My job is to uh, speak the truth in love, live the truth in love. Let the Holy Spirit live in me and let God do the work of change, transformation, sanctification, everything else that that only God can do in that other individual. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Only God can in that person. So, yeah, I agree with you. In 2022, we definitely need to broaden our uh, bandwidth of, of not trying to convince people through force, mm-hmm. um, but through... Love and truth and grace and mercy and the Holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I, I'm in full full agreement with you.
0: Yeah, and it's the same way God has loved us. He has, he has pursued us. He has knocked on the door of our hearts. He's standing there waiting for us, and he's not forcing his way into our lives. He's inviting us to come and partake of him. And our posture towards whether it's unbelievers or somebody um, we're in a discussion with should be one of, constant invitation to come and and receive Christ, come and partake of Christ. And again, like you said, not one of of force and um, argument or anything like that.
1: I agree. Yeah, and he talks about how Paul reasoned with them, Mm -hmm. which is a discussion. It's discourse. It's like, oh, you had this question? Let's talk about it. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to beat the answer into you. Right. And then if
0: they end up disagreeing, let's go have lunch. Right, yep, and I think that's the that's the piece that we ought to reclaim. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been good. You yeah, have I any other closing thoughts,
1: or I think this is maybe a good place to kind of close this down. I agree. So, uh, just as uh, kind of closing it down, just be reminding one another at this season that um, it's good to have conviction, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also good to walk out that conviction in the spirit of love and in this in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like utilize uh, what God how God is empowering you. Uh, to take that gospel message, the good news of Jesus, how he's changed you um, and desiring to share that with others in such a way uh, that they see Jesus, they see God, they don't see us. And so we got to get out of the way and let God move through us in that. So thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, first at gmail.com, I believe is our email address. Feel free to give us some thoughts that you may have for future episodes. Thanks and God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God, where you work, live, and play. Blessings.